Georgie? The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to Direct to Nowhere, the section of the Road to Nowhere podcast in which I invite a guest on to discuss one of their favourite directors and three movies from that director. I'm your host Andy and today I'm delighted to be joined by the writer of Lockdown Horror host, Bloomhouse's recent found footage horror Dashcam and the creator of the upcoming live action video game Ghosts, Jed Shepard. Hey, how's it going? Not bad man, how's yourself? Very good, thank you. Glad to be back. Am I the... Am I the only person to come on this podcast twice? This is a different one. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, so obviously, at the time, um, we'll get on to talking about ghosts, actually, in a wee minute. Yeah. So put the episode that we done together on ghosts out when ghosts comes out. So it's going to be Got the yeah. original thing. Um, ah. but yeah. So you are the first person to come on twice. But okay. no one's heard the first one yet. So. Hey, okay. I thought I didn't hear it. I thought I, I hadn't heard it. Oh, I was yeah. definitely tagged you and everything. Well, glad to be back for the first time. Yeah, then. perfect way to put it. <laughs> so, um, how's things with yourself? All good? Working away? Good. Uh, just as most people probably come on and say, it's incredibly busy. Um, it's getting, we're recording this on the 7th of October, so it's getting to towards the busiest time of the year for me, which is around Halloween where people ask me to do stuff. Um, and I'm shooting something that I can't talk about uh, on Halloween. Actually, on Halloween, nice. uh, it's the first day of me shooting something. So that's ex- exciting. That won't be cast um, at all. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I, I might come to set in, in, in a costume I haven't decided yet. But hmm. uh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, There's no online Zoom seances or any seance of any way. No, there's, <laughs> there's probably going to be a lot of, of uh, worrying Zooms. Uh, prior to me shooting but um but yeah nothing too spooky yeah good to hear um <laughs> so before we get into your director and everything it says we just mentioned briefly there uh mm-hmm. how we spoke about ghosts it would have probably been about this time last year actually we spoke about it yes roughly. um how's things coming along with ghosts it's a great concept thanks man yeah uh well for those i don't know ghosts is a yeah a live action uh video game mm-hmm. which you don't really see anymore. It's, it's there are a few around, but you don't often see it um, uh, kind of talked about. And uh, for those who don't know anything at all about ghosts, it's basically the ladies from the film host going to go into a supposed haunted house, which mm-hmm. is the, the most haunted one in in, in England, and uh, as part of a TV show. And you play the producer director of this TV show. Um, giving them instructions, viewing them and sending what they send you back to the people at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are outside the haunted house in a outside broadcast van uh, doing your thing. But also there's this scary thing called the long lady that is around. And if you look at her in the face, you die. So uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff uh, happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going well. Um, it's going to come out. Sometime next year. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put a date on it. Um, yeah, it's uh, 
it's a, a process that is very new to me, I would say. So it's I, I don't want to hazard a guess as to when hmm. the exact date. Um, but we are still shooting stuff. We're shooting something in November cool. and then also in January. And that should be it. Um, and then in the meantime, the developers are working hard on it, uh, working on um, all of the other things. So we can just plug in this uh, footage. Hmm. But yeah. yeah. It's cool. it's going well. It must be it must be really complicated just making a video game. Aside from the filming aspect of it that you've got, you've got to put in algorithms. You have to also <laughs> film different outcomes for what each person picks. Almost mm-hmm. kind of similar to what we've had with um, games like Until Dawn and that Pictures anthology, where your choices kind of lead you to something. Yeah, um, I, I would say think more like um, Night Trap. Okay. Night Trap is the kind of, um, but much better than Night Trap. Um, so if you think that there are basically multiple scenarios happening all at the same time, okay. and it's up to you what you go and investigate, basically. So, um, yeah, and we literally shot it like in, in a big house. We put cameras everywhere. So you're really seeing the live feeds from 20 different cameras and, okay. and the, the people interacting with each other with each other as they go in and out of the rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone's ever done it like this before. And I think it's because I'm not coming from a, a game development background that I'm mm-hmm. doing it this way. I'm sure there is a much different and more methodical way to do it, but <laughs> this way seems like the, mo- the most fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it this way. Cool. And yeah. you mentioned the, the Long Lady as well, made by Jim Henson Studios, is that right? Jim Henson's Creature Shop, yeah. yeah who cool. just got announced yesterday they are making the Creatures for the Five Night at Freddy's movie, so right, okay. um, yeah, so Blumhouse is copying me, mm. but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, they are they are great, and I got to, I got to visit the Jim Henson's Creature Shop um, the end of last year, and it was incredible. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. That's something that is a total blind spot for me. Um, mm-hmm. I know of it. My niece was obsessed with it for a long time. Yeah, um, it looks sufficiently creepy. It looks kind of maybe like. Um, what was the Nick Cage one that was out? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's Willy's um, Wonderland. Yeah, aye. Is it kind of along those lines? Same difference, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's one of those things that is, is so popular, like it. Mm. it's, uh, it's only, only a matter of time. And they picked an interesting direct, director as well, the lady that directed this horror movie called The Wind, right, which, okay. which I liked. Uh, so yeah, so they didn't go for the obvious choices. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but I, I think it's a great, great pick. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to it. Mm. Hey, it's us. Remember those live action video games in the 90s? Those mega CD games that promised so much but ultimately disappointed? Corey Haim was in a few. Well, we're making one of those, but good. Ghost is the first real-time live-action horror video game. There won't be any floating words or glowing doors to help you decide which way to go next. You're really there. It's your job to keep us alive when all around is trying to kill us. It's your job to help us survive the night. When we say real-time, we mean real-time. The game will only work at 10pm in your local time zone. If you try to play it at any other time, you're just going to see a blank screen. So, you'll be playing at the same time as everyone else in the country. I know, cool, right? If you turn the game off at any point, not only do you lose, but we die in really horrible ways. So, don't turn the game off. 
We also have the long lady to worry about, who, rumour has it, if you look at her in the face, you die. Don't let us down. So, the game is out on all the usual formats, including Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, PC and Mac for limited run games. And the best bit is the collector's edition has so much cool shit in it. Um, speaking of Bloomhouse, you had your release this year with Dashcam. Um, yeah. Bit of controversy around it at the time of release. I don't which... know what you mean. Okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was, it was, well, it was, the horror community and the, the press are a very small percentage of uh, the world. So because we are in our own little bubbles, we think everyone's talking about this thing. But they're not like they really, they really, they really don't care about about dash cam or or, or our little horror films. But um, it was interesting that something that's such low budget got so much press, mm. um, and and I guess it only did did good for the for the film. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, and also you don't you shouldn't believe everything that you read as well. It's uh, no, it's not all true. Yeah, <laughs> I messaged you a time uh, the first time I seen it. I actually, really struggled with the character Annie mm-hmm. in it. And so it made me a wee bit unsure, but on a second watch, knowing what I was going to get from her, I absolutely loved it, especially the kind of hyper-violence and that yep. scene of, I can't remember the, the character's name where... Stretch. Uh, stretch, uh, uh, driving away. Mm-hmm. And you can just see her in the taillights chasing after the car, put the shit oh. right up me. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that was a- Angela chasing, chasing Angela, Annie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we, it's by design that the character is annoying as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you just don't really usually get to see a character with basically no redeeming features as you lead mm-hmm. um, or, of, a, of a horror film because we are used to seeing people like us who are very liberal and very, um, you know, think in one way. And the bad yeah. guys are always the Republicans, the, the, the Trump-supporting crazy people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought, wouldn't it be interesting if we got lumbered with uh, someone who isn't like us, who is yeah. the complete opposite of the normal horror audience? And um, most people got it. Yeah. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> um, and it's the, the controversy is very much an American thing. Um okay. We didn't really get much controversy here in the in the UK. Oh, I, I guess like, except for like the when the uh, apparently that a chain of cinemas refused to to screen it, mm. uh, which I don't think it was true. I, I think that was just crossed wires. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes it makes good headlines, and it got us in every newspaper and every website there is. But mm. I not I don't believe for a second that they actually banned it. Right. Yeah, I think it's just a good story. Aye. And for me, that particular cinema chain is right across the road from me, so it's quite annoying. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so funny, because that's the, that's the same cinema chain that literally killed someone last year as well. Um, right. There was a... Yeah, they killed someone by accident was in, in one of their cinemas. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. hearing about that. Um, yeah. Strange film to do that, but... Yeah, <laughs> especially as you said, like that's hyper violent. There's lots of blood in it, and but nothing yep. that I would say 
would like it, it would still have an appeal for a mainstream audience as well. Like, it was a really strange. Oh yeah, if it has been that as you said. Maybe it's not been. If it's... I mean, I, I I was surprised it got a theatrical release actually because you know okay. Blum, Blumhouse often um, put things onto streaming services mm. when, when there was like a slightly smaller film. So to put this theatrically means they had a lot of kind of faith in it. So mm-hmm. yeah, really appreciate that from Blumhouse. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's an it's an acquired taste. It's designed to be divisive, mm-hmm. and it was so. Um, yeah. Achievement unlocked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good, on that, and I think it's really the only. It's the type of film you could only do after you you made a film like Host, because no one would ever let you do a film like that. Otherwise, <laughs> like yeah. it would never get made. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and like and after that, we've got me and Rob have got a million films in in the queue mm-hmm. to do now. Um, a lot together, but a lot separate as well. He's off directing things that other people have written, and I'm off <laughs> directing things that I've I've written. So yep. instead of just giving it to to Rob to direct, like now I'm directing yeah. stuff myself, which is oh, going to be interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing you can't talk about. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't talk about any of them. There's multiple things, but yeah. I I can't yet. No, Fair very enough. they're very very cool though. They're very very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I do uh, with the guests come on before we actually get right into your director um, just ask a couple of questions and one of them is do you have an earliest memory of either watching a movie at home or being in the cinema something that's kind of stuck with you from a young age um, I went to the cinema a lot as a kid in fact I made a short film about the situation I was in where basically when my mom during like the school like half terms mm. um instead of like putting me with a babysitter me and my sister um my mom would just leave us with my aunt who used to work in a cinema okay and so me and my sister would just when we were kids just sit in the cinema all day going from screen to screen watching whatever films are on so from a very very early age I remember watching like like horror films um, sci-fi films in the cinema, like literally from like six, seven, eight, right. um, watching things probably not meant to watch because <laughs> we were just walking from screen to screen to screen to see what was on yeah. and just watching whatever was there. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got vivid memories of, of, uh, of, yeah, watching like those early nineties, uh, movies that like, uh, I still love now and, you know, mm-hmm. just classics like, um, like Flight of the Navigator and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the my first memory of home video was probably Gremlins. I think that was the first home video I got. And, th- and then I think it was maybe... Maybe it was Red Dwarf, weirdly. Okay, okay. When, I, when, I was a, when I was a kid... And I still am. I'm, I was obsessed with Red Dwarf. Mm. Like, obsessed. So I would... I would get those vhs for like birthday and christmas all the time yeah um so yeah so um those are my weird early memories of of uh films but but yeah just just being able to go to the cinema Hmm. as a kid and 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 you can back this up as well like it felt a little bit more magical back in the days it 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 doesn't feel as magical anymore and maybe just because we've grown up and our hearts hearts are all uh, cold but like going to going to the cinema when you were a kid, it was like an event. Like it, mm. it didn't happen that often. But when you went, it was or it was everything because you knew the next day in school you can. Everyone would want to know. Oh, what did you see? What did you see? Like tell us yeah. about it. 
Um, and you would just take everything in, the smells, the sights, uh, the taste of popcorn, which I actually hate the taste of popcorn. <laughs> just just the smell of it's quite nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I remember. I remember. I saw in the cinema, Valente's Excellent Adventure. I saw. I think because they re-released it like a yeah. like a, a couple of times actually, mm-hmm. and I think I saw that in the cinema three times. Um, yeah, and I watched um, when I was a kid. I remember vividly watching Back to the Future three in the cinema because mm-hmm. I'd watched I'd watched two on VHS at home, but yeah. then I watched three in the cinemas. Uh, yeah, and I remember being quite disappointed with it. <laughs> I think that's what you're saying there about the kind of cinema experience now yeah. being different is because we've got such access to finding out about movies before we go and watch them. And yeah. there's, the, there's, I mean, in Glasgow, there's at least three or four chains of uh, big movie theatres, whereas before it was a small Odeon yeah. and the GFT. And that oh yes, about, that was kind of and or um, the Grosvenor and Ashton Lane, which is like a place where you sit on a big couch and watch yeah. a movie. No, um, I, I love the GFT by the way. Love that. Love yeah, that place. Oh, it's great. It's been yeah. years since I've been there. Last time I was there was the Empire Podcast live. Oh, nice, um, nice. which is good. But it was yeah, I need to get back there. Um, but yeah, it's just more of I think because you you kind of prep yourself more for going into a movie now, whereas before yeah. it would be. Do you want to go to the cinema? What's on? Oh, let's have a look. Okay, let's go and see that. And yeah. it was very kind of spur of the moment type of thing. Yeah. And then that built the anticipation. Um, mm-hmm. My my only memories of VHS was probably Adam's Family Values. Wow, nice. Really, yeah. I remember we had a, a really small, I think it was quite independent, video store called The Video Drive-In. Good um, name. Mm, you didn't drive into it either. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like any other one. It changed eventually to a global video, I think, at one point. Okay. Um, I think and, I saw Adam's Family Values in the cinema, I think. Right, cool. Right. I think. Um, and the, 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 the my earliest movie cinema memory is, unfortunately, Batman Forever. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, not not the greatest. I no. saw that in the cinema too. Mm. I weirdly, and she would never remember this, I watched that movie in the cinema with Jamie Winston. Ray Winston's daughter. Oh God! I uh, that's that is quite random. Did you know quite like? Uh, no, I didn't know her that well. But um, our, our dads knew each other, and it was just like, uh, "Do you want to go see the new Batman film?" Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, "Cool!" And like, yeah, Ray Winston picked me up in his van. Jamie was there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, me and Jamie and Ray Winston, and I think my dad was there. No, actually, no, my dad wasn't there. It was just Ray Winston. Jamie, me, and there was one other person. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe my sister, actually. Um, yeah, we went to watch it, and then yeah, we just drove back. And it was, I didn't know who Ray Winston was at the point, so it wasn't ex- it wasn't exciting. <laughs> that would have been about Sensory Beast time just before that. It was be- yeah, it was before that. Before it was, that, it was yeah. before that. Um, but yeah, I doubt Jamie. W- one day I'm going to cast Jamie, and something going. Jamie, do you remember <laughs> we went to watch Batman together? Do you remember? She'll never remember. <laughs> I didn't expect to talk about Ray Winston on this today, so that yeah. was cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a fam- family friend. Jamie Winston, I think the last time I think I've not seen much of her stuff. She was great mm-hmm. in uh, Dead Set. Dead brilliant Set. in Dead Set, yeah, brilliant. So good, that programme. Yeah. I rewatched that actually during lockdown because it was on Netflix, I think. Yeah. So good, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you have a best way to kind of word this? I always get the wording of this question wrong. Mm-hmm. A favourite movie moment, so... It doesn't need to be 
a, like a, a full movie. Like there's a scene that you can go back to and you'd love to rewatch. Like for me, it'd be like the the portal scene in Endgame. I always watch that. Or okay, um, the opening scene of Dark Knight Rises with the, mm-hmm. the plane getting pulled apart. Something like that. That nice, I, I nice. could put that on, watch it on its own. Just that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I my, my, I, th- I think I mentioned on the, when I was on the podcast before, but my favourite f- film of all time is is Night of the Comet. It's a 1984 mm-hmm. film. Yeah. So that's the film I rewatched the most. And I guess I re I guess if I had to pick a scene from that, it's probably the scene where they they are in the um in the in the mall dancing around to girls just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably my my pick. Though I mean, you know, like Blair Witch Project, I, I've watched that a billion times as well, yeah. and I just love love watching that end sequence. It's just so massively done, so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's rare that I go back and just watch certain scenes. I would, I would, I would probably just watch the entire thing again. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, it's quite a kind of awkward question, but it's just because I've got it something that I do, especially if I've been for a wee night out. I mm-hmm. come back, I'll put on the portal scene the end game. Nice. And then just at the point where after Cap says assemble, starts yeah. running through it, I just stop it then. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Happy of what's got my kind of blood pumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You so saw you're saying there about uh, Blair Witch and obviously um the first two releases you've had have been found footage. I heard you on the Clash of the Titles podcast. That was a great podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was Kind of different theories floating about around that. I think about the Blair Witch, wasn't there? And yeah, yeah. I can't remember because it was a maybe about a month ago. I listened to it actually. Yeah. Um, what was it that some, someone put a theory forward that the lead is the Blair Witch, or is that's probably me? Was that yourself? I eh? yeah. Well, we were discussing it's it's uh, Chris Tilly and, and Alex Zane's uh, podcast, and mm-hmm. each one's about a, a different film, and that was we did a Blair Witch episode, and then we did an episode on Paranormal Activity. Yeah, yeah. So I think my whole my whole um, theory is that Heather is possessed, or she becomes possessed by by the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. She obviously. She was well into the law of the Blair Witch before she got there, because mm-hmm. you can see from her diaries that she yeah. knew what she was doing. So it's almost like she she lured the other two there as almost sacrifices to the Blair yeah. Witch, mm-hmm. um, and almost summoning this evil spirit that's been around for centuries to enter her. So at the end of the film, I think potentially she is possessed by the Blair Witch. She might not be the Blair Witch herself because the Blair I think the Blair Witch is this other entity yep. but she's doing the bidding of of the Blair Witch and then in Blair Witch 2016 I think you see some of the I, there's enough stuff in 2016's Blair, Blair Witch to um back up my argument I think mm-hmm. yeah cool I'll need to go back and rewatch the 2016 one because again yeah I think I saw that in the cinema and that was the only time yeah um remember not being a massive fan of how it ended but really, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was the it was the slight spoiler alert. It was seeing the the kind of limb limmy thing. That, yeah, <laughs> um, at the end, it just kind of took me out it a wee bit, or kind of it took the fear away a wee bit. Something well, happened. I think that's Heather. Uh, that yeah, I remember you. Met, I think you actually said that maybe on yeah. that, that uh, podcast. I, I think I think that's Heather. And mm-hmm. if you if you go back and watch it, keep keep that in mind. And uh, it, it adds another layer of, of like, scares to it. Mm. 
Do you think we'll ever see another Blair Witch? You know, you had a wee thing going where people were saying, get you on board for it, which I think would be great. Yeah, um, yeah, I think there'll be another Blair Witch. Mm. I don't know when, but I think there will be another one. Yeah, strange that it took so long from Book of Shadows, which is maybe 2002? Uh, Book of Shadows 2000. Was it? So it was, it, was, it was exactly one year after the first one. Mm. Um, and then there's the 2016 one. And then, yeah, yeah then they, they, they want to they wanna do another one. Mm. Cool. And yeah, pe- people were, there was like a hashtag and stuff. People wanted me to do the <laughs> new Blair Witch, but yeah, we'll see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no comment. Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom and I'm sorry to everyone I was very naive I am so so sorry for everything that has happened because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it was my project. <laughs> um, so, right, we'll get on to your director now. Um, yep. And would you, I was going to maybe ask you this beforehand. Do you call him a colleague now? Right? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, my, I guess he's my boss for, um, um, for one project, but uh-huh. then... For another project, which I can't talk about, he yeah. is helping me on that one as well. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So who we're talking about is the legend that is Sam Raimi, um, a man who just this year, until just this year, had kind of been maybe forgotten about is the wrong word. We don't think people forgot about Sam Raimi in terms of fans and people yeah. who love his movies, but certainly filmmakers did, or people that wanted a great director on board seemed to never go to him we got multiverse of madness this year yeah which i'm a big fan of um me too i love yeah. it yeah it got kind of mixed mixed reviews i think people thought it was i don't know i think people thought it was a bit messy but for me i really enjoyed it i liked the horror elements that were involved in it um, yeah it's not messy it's it's mm. a sam raimi movie like those who call it messy have obviously never seen a sam raimi movie yeah he he just made a, a movie that he kind of wanted to see his marks all over it. Yeah. It feels like it feels like an evil, evil dead movie. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like, which yeah. is great. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was it was totally unexpected with it um, with, with the amount of horror elements that were in it, especially the scene with um kind of crawling through the the mirrors and oh, yeah. um the yeah. sewer chase is brilliant as well. That's, oh, that's like scary. something that's shining. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, brilliant. Uh, prof- the scene with Professor X, which if mm-hmm. you if you slow it down it shows she doesn't snap his neck. She rips the top of his head off. Yeah. Which is mad. Is it getting that into a Marvel movie? I love all that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a pure horror movie. Mm. Um, just all the zombies and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, was, it, it was great. Yeah. Like, I like I, I tried... While he was making that, I tried to get... Like, I was in a meeting with him, and it, there was, like, some downtime or something, and I was just like, mm-hmm. Sam, you can tell... You can, you can tell me like no one's listening. <laughs> Are the Fantastic Four in 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 Doctor Strange too? And then he just smiled and he was like, he was gonna tell me, and then someone else was just like, no, no, no Sam, you can't say, it. don't say anything, <laughs> which is a which is a shame because yeah. like yeah, it turns out 
spoilers. One of them is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a brief period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I didn't know anything about like, I didn't I didn't have any spoilers. I think I watched it on day one when it came out. And when Reed Richards appeared, I was like, holy shit, this is Aye. awesome. Aye. And it was the yeah. fan casting as well. Yeah. It was the John <laughs> so Krasinski. Good. So I good. unfortunately got that spoiled about two hours before I went to see oh, it. Oh, no. Literally, yeah. Like, oh. I, like, I couldn't believe it. Just scrolling Twitter, as you know it is. <sighs> Mistake. It didn't, yeah, it didn't even have like a hashtag or anything. It was just mm-hmm. the picture of the four folks standing um, oh man, it's a big spoiler as well. That sucks. I know, I know. I was, um, I was not happy. Um, but yeah, so Sam Raimi, um, we have a messaging you before we were um, going to record, and I uh, naively assumed you'd have went Evil Dead trilogy. Um, uh, that's what everyone would do. Everyone would do the <laughs> Evil Dead trilogy, and I'm just yeah. like, I, I, that's spoken about on every other podcast. That is, yeah. I, I'm going to pick three films that maybe don't get enough love, mm. but uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess one of them isn't that much of a good movie, but it's never spoken about. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what is your relationship with Sam? Not personal now, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. from like a young age, getting into his movies. Was it The Evil Dead? Was it Spider Man? Obviously, which is huge for certainly for for my generation. I'm 35. It's um, it's, it's Evil Evil Dead Two is is one of my favorite movies of all time. Sam yeah. Raimi is my favorite director. It, cool. it, he always has been. So like working with him is like dream come true, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so my relationship with, with Sam Raimi's work is that watching Evil Dead 2 for the first time was just a revelation it, because mm-hmm. I'd never seen a film that felt like it was designed especially for me. Mm-hmm. And it had all the horror stuff I like. Plus it was funny as well. And yeah. Um, goofy slapstick. It just had it just had all the hallmarks of just what me and my friends were were into. So mm-hmm. and it kind of inspired me, and it, it kind of and even now I'm just like, wow, a bunch of friends got together and made a film together, and it blew up. Because I, I watched Evil Dead two before I watched Evil Dead, so Evil See. Evil Dead is even more of a a distillation of what you can do with uh, a bunch of friends for very little money, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously led to host because Rob is also a big Sam Raimi fan, of course. And so, um, yeah, like I I know evil dead Two, like the back of my hand, evil dead army of darkness. I know them all so well. Um, so yeah, he's just, it's just one of those guys that kind of inspire you to want to be a filmmaker because it just seems like fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the Evil Dead? Uh, kind of was it a remake or was it more of a kind of reimagining reboot type thing in twenty sixteen? Reboot, I, and I wish they kept on going down that road because I really liked it. I, I really, mm. I thought it was ingenious how they, um, the conceit of it all, like going there in order to to go cold turkey, and they don't realize that she isn't just going cold turkey; she's like the undead. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really good, and and yeah. obviously there are some. It's completely different from Sam right. if Sammy Raimi directed it, but mm-hmm. just visually, it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, fun movie. I wanted to see a sequel to that movie, but yeah. um, I am very much looking forward to Evil Dead Rise as well whenever that comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seen a, um, seen a few things about that today. Actually, I think it's director just posting a couple of photos and things. Yeah, um, yeah, that'll be that'll be cool to see. Interesting if it's going to be a. I don't know a lot about it. If it's going to be a direct kind of sequel to Evil Dead Three, uh, Army of Darkness, sorry, um, or if it's even linked to them, or 
I'm not I don't know. I, no, I, it doesn't I, seem to be a lot about it. I think if Sam Raimi isn't directing it, it's not a direct sequel to the original trilogy. That's fair. Um, because only he can really do that. And like, yeah. we'll, we'll, at some point, we'll get Sam Raimi's Evil Dead Four, I'm sure. Um, but um, he doesn't need to now. He hopefully he just gets to do like Marvel movies now, which is, and yeah. play in that world and do yeah. Marvel zombies and that would be um, great. He would yeah. be perfect for a even if he, Marvel were unsure about doing a live action Marvel zombies movie, even getting him to direct an animated and having his eye for that. And we, obviously, the day I was recording this, Werewolf by Night's been released, but maybe they could yeah. do something along those lines where it's a. Uh, a what if, but a live action what if, which we kind of got as well with Multiverse of Madness. I'd yeah. love that. And also, mm. like, I know they don't want to kind of cross the streams too much, but if Sam wanted to do a DC movie, he could do Justice League Dark and he could do, mm-hmm. all, do all that stuff. Because I think he, if he was in control of Justice League Dark, he it would, it would be amazing mm-hmm. in, in his style. Um, yeah, or a Constantine movie from him would be good, but I know they're already making another one. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The Constantine 2, or whatever it's going to be called, with Keanu Reeves coming back, and um, he's kind of one of these guys now that's getting a bit of a resurgence, and he's in lots of great movies. I was a massive fan of Matrix Resurrections. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really loved it. Um, mm-hmm. And Sam Raimi working with him on a Constantine would be fantastic. I think he would That'd get the be best out of someone like Keanu Reeves as well. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm speaking to Sam next week, by the way. So I'm. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna speak to him about about what he's doing next. I mean, obviously, I won't be able to say, but I, <laughs> I, I, I hope there's another Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to see him go back to Spider Man. I, I would. He sh- yeah. he's shown what he's shown what he can do now. Like just how crazy things can get. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him do another Spider Man movie. Mm-hmm. Try and fix things a little bit. Yeah, and he's probably the guy that kind of led to the birth of modern superhero movies. Yeah, in their current iteration with this Spider-Man one and two and three had its moments. Too, wasn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> but I think there was so much studio interference with three. From what you heard, that yeah, he was never he was never going to be able to win with it. True, but, Spider-Man two is the blueprint. I think, like, yeah, it's oh, Spider-Man two is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and his characters came back in No Way Home, like his yeah. Norman Osborn, his um, Otto Octavius. So good because to they're see. Because so yeah. iconic. Yeah, it's so yeah. good to see. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Um, so, yep, Sam Raimi, as we said, legend. We'll get on to your movies now. So mm-hmm. we'll start off not where it started, but the genre that he started in. Um, okay. And his return to that genre, yep. which was... Drag Me to Hell from 2009. Um, Do you want to give us just a brief kind of synopsis of that? Yeah, sure. So this is Sam Raimi going back to what I think he does best, which is Mm. a horror movie with a tinge of of comedy. And uh, because prior to this, obviously, he he did the three Spider-Man movies. Um, So he, you know, he was all superhero down. And I think some of the flack he got for spider-man 3 that's that's enough to make you stop making films mm. but um and he made that last one 2007 so yeah so only only a couple of years later he came out with drag me to hell which absolutely brilliant really underrated movie yeah uh, i think it's in the, the top three sam Raimi movies evil dead evil dead and then drag me to hell cool. um so it's basically about a woman who works in the bank she's a loan officer 
this old lady comes in to ask for a, a loan uh, to keep her her house. Mm-hmm. She's been told by her boss to be to be more harsh. She's, she's too nice, so she tests out her new found harshness on this old woman and yeah. tells, her, unfortunately, she can't have uh, this uh, loan or she can't extend her mortgage. So the old woman uh, curses her, mm. um, and basically that that curses. After three days, she will be dragged to hell. Essentially, yeah. so it, we we follow this lady as she's tormented by demons and weird stuff uh, for three days. Um, and she does everything she can to, to stop it, seeing a psychic, doing seance. And um, it's really, really, really well-paced and mm-hmm. really good performances. That old woman's scary. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, brilliant ending as well. Mrs. Ganesh. I'm sorry, Mrs. Ganesh, but another extension on the loan is out of the question. What? I would like to help, but it is in the bank's... No, please. This is my home. Where will I live? You list your granddaughter as a reference. Maybe you could stay with her. I would not burden her. And there are several fine assisted living facilities for A nursing home? No, I would never live in one of those places. I'm really sorry. I am proud woman, Miss Brown, and never have I begged for anything. But now, I beg for you. I humble myself before you. I, Sylvia Ganesh, beg on my mother's grave. I beg you. Please let go. Let go! Security! Stop! Shame. I think your business is finished here, ma'am. Let's go. Mrs. Ganesh. <laughs> Lots of gloop and bodily fluids and slime and blood, everything that he's great at doing and gets a, a proper kind of shiver reaction out of me watching Yeah, it. and it's crazy because this movie made $90 million. Right? This, this was a hit. Mm. Uh, but people forget that it even exists. But this is, this is a big hit. Well, and I'm surprised they haven't made a sequel. Especially if it's made that amount of money. Because I can't imagine it would have been huge budgetary-wise. This. Yeah, it, it actually cost thirty million. The, right, okay. the budget, yeah. The, um, so yeah, I guess there's a lot of effects and yeah. Um, but it, yeah, but it had a three D release. Felt to me uh, as if there was a couple sure. of um, scenes, especially the seance that maybe would have been for a three D sort of audience because that would have been the kind of 
the the thing at the moment at that time in 2009. Yeah, um, yeah this was my first, second time, no, sorry, my first time watching it since, no, not since the cinema. I bought it on DVD. Okay. So <laughs> at the time I seen it in the cinema, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I would buy everything that I saw in the cinema. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. Yeah. And then I rewatched it on DVD and enjoyed it. This time I've got more appreciation for it because I understand more about the way Raimi makes a movie. Mm-hmm. His style of filmmaking, like he loves a, a, I don't know what you would call it in the, in the industry, but like a, a close-up zoom into the eyes. He loves yep. an eye trauma. He loves kind of gross-out bodily horror, not body, well, certainly extensive body horror. Mm-hmm. Kind of the scene in the the wake for uh, Mrs. Garish, yeah, <laughs> and she falls over, and all the kind of the the embalming fluid just falls <laughs> into her mouth. It's horrible, but it's funny as well at the same yeah. time. It's just real. It's, it's real Three Stooges esque slapstick, but just with a little bit of like grossness, and just the fact that the you know like the old lady puts her fingers in her mouth and stuff. It's just disgust. It's just disgusting. Uh, yeah. Bites her chin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, classic Raimi tropes, that, which mm. which obviously we kind of use for dash cam. There's yeah. a lot of that grossness that we mm. we took from, um, yeah. from Raimi stuff. Yeah, that steering wheel scene, man. Come on, <laughs> Can you give me a heads up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty gross. That, that was that was pure Rob actually, because he <laughs> he. I remember him coming up with that idea, and I was like, I remember like Gemma, our co-writer Gemma, was like. Uh, no, that that's that's too out there, and I'm just like, yes, yes, let's do that. That's that's exactly the right thing to do. I love it. Yeah, and just the execution of it was so well. It, it always when I've watched it in the, in the cinema with people, it was, it's got a big reaction. It's one of those things. I think if I see it, I say, "Oh, you fucker!" Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. yeah, it actually hurts. Yeah, just yeah. the sound design is so good as well. It's just Aye. the yeah. crunching and the yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we're talking about obviously the kind of seance scene as mm-hmm. well in this, which is a wee bit later on in the movie. Um it's hilarious and yep. batshit and everything that you expect. There is a, a talking goat that bites someone in the hand that calls something it comes out with all sorts of obscenities. Yeah. Um what do you think about this? Does this kind of sum up a lot of kind of Raimi's style and especially going back to the Evil Dead and everything? Yeah, I mean it's it's straight out of like Evil Dead stuff. Mm. It, even like the when you see that kind of ghost like rising in the air and cackling, just the way it moves, it's <laughs> it's Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, mm-hmm. cl- classic Raimi tropes. Um, I think Raimi plays a ghost in that scene as well. Oh, right, cool. Um, but yeah, the, the ghost stuff's really really cool, and uh, yeah, it's it's really really well shot interesting sounds because sounds can be bloody boring but uh, yeah the way they did that it was was great and uh, um yeah there's a lot of things happening in that scene as well mm-hmm. yeah you get the one of once the possession passes from the goat because yeah. basically they're trying to bring the demon out to almost kill it in the real world yeah <clears throat> so they get a goat to try and kill who then bites one of the people at the seance, he then <laughs> levitates and starts doing a dance with like organ music behind him. Yep, it's yep. just so crazy. Like, I absolutely loved it watching it this time round. Um, and as you're saying, it really kind of epitomizes his his uh, style for that type of comedy horror almost. Yeah, and there's like he vomits out a cat as well at one point. Oh god, a... I forgot about that. Yeah, which is <laughs> which, which is great. And uh-huh. yeah, but you know, it's, it's straight out of. 
eat like evil dead and stuff like saying mm. like saying that they want their soul and stuff and yeah yeah I, I i love it and it's it's interesting because i think that is where the kind of vibe that raimi does best and in the in doctor strange 2 you're seeing some of that undead stuff yeah. um where it's obviously gross and weird and scary but like he adds a touch of humor to it mm-hmm. um so I, I yeah i i yeah i really like doctor strange too <laughs> <laughs> it definitely seems like it's his comfort zone like he feels he can mm-hmm. by comfort zone i don't mean he just plays it safe yeah. i mean that he knows what he wants to do and he feels more comfortable in executing it yes. um like you're saying with doctor strange too with the dead strange and the mm-hmm. demons that he makes into a cape yeah <laughs> like just that whole kind of off-kilter weirdness that just kind of encapsulates his best side of filmmaking oh yeah um one thing I was going to ask, and it's maybe something that doesn't happen as much in horror nowadays, is with the whole the gypsy curse thing. Yeah. Is that maybe not problematic, but it's certainly something that you don't see as much nowadays. It's, yeah. Uh, because I think as well, the, especially uh, in Glasgow, there's a big Roman gypsy population mm-hmm. in yep. Glasgow, and especially in the south side. And people are maybe moving away from it. They don't want to see it as being stereotypical. I don't think yeah. it's necessarily... He's not doing it in a, out of badness or anything like that, but it might be misconstrued as that way. I think if this was made in 2022, 2023, yeah, it would be different. There would mm-hmm. be... Because it's demonising the, the, the them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they're using real broad strokes to get a po- across the point very, very quickly. But yeah, I can completely understand uh, with 2022 eyes, uh, people might think it's culturally insensitive. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But when this came out in was it 2009, 2009 um, it, was, it was just a, an easy way to say that this woman who is very much all about kind of old magic and, and mm-hmm. rituals, uh, this is what she's doing to get revenge. But yeah. 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 It's not I, I, personally. I don't have an issue from. I'm not coming from that background. Yeah, so we probably have to ask someone like exactly. of that. If, yeah. If, yeah, it's um, it's something that I think again. He's not trying to cause offence, and he never seemed to be apart from having one of the na- video nasties from the eighties, which got the that put the shits up the kind of BBFC in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that was what it was called back then, I couldn't even tell you. Um, yep. Christine, is she one of the most put-upon characters in horror? Interesting. That's very interesting you say that, because sometimes I like to think that in horror movies, they have to have done something in order to deserve um, what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. But Sam Raimi, he has like certain rules of horror, and one of them is that the innocent must suffer. So... Innocent, I can't remember, but he has three rules. Innocent must suffer, the bad guys must get their just desserts, and there's something else I can't remember. But mm-hmm. um, she, I think she's completely innocent. I, yeah. I I don't think she deserves what's happened to her because it's extreme. What's, she's literally being dragged to hell for what? For, for, doing, her, for doing her job yeah. and, and doing it by the book. It's, yeah. it's, if, she was, if she was purposely um, trying to hurt this old lady... 
I'd understand, but she's just doing her job. The old lady, I guess, owed money. Maybe she would be a little bit more understanding, but this seemed like it was the first time she's ever done anything uh, a little bit harsh, and she's been yeah. punished for it. Why isn't Why isn't someone else getting punished for it? Yeah, like a um, worker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think she is very much put upon, but that's what. I guess that's what makes it even more interesting because she doesn't deserve this and it means that we don't see the ending coming because we're used to people doing transgressions and then getting punished for it, but she's getting punished for just, she's innocent. She's, yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's a perfect kind of segue to come to the kind of gut punch ending. Like mm-hmm. she, Christine thinks that she has uh, removed the curse, returned the button to Mrs. Ganush in her, her grave. Yeah. Um, but it turns out from a, a kind of a scene from earlier, her boyfriend, uh, Justin Long, mm-hmm. has a coin that he also keeps in an envelope. The button gets kept in an envelope. She's returned the coin, not the button. Yeah. And she falls onto the train tracks, thinks she's going to get hit by a train, and then demons just pull her under, and you see her literally burn away as yeah. she's getting pulled, dragged into hell. Like, and, just, just, and Justin Long's just watching from the oh. from the platform, like what? <laughs> and then it finishes, and that's it. That's your that is your ending to the movie. It is such a it makes you feel so shit at the end for her. Like mm-hmm. that's when the humor just stops. There's no element of humor in that. It's yeah, it's great. It's a it's a harsh harsh scene to see, but it's a perfect ending to be honest. And it's telegraphed. The movie's called Drag Me to Hell. The poster yep. has hands clawing her down into hell you've seen the start of the movie but just because she's inherently good you think she'll get out of it like the ring the the kind of the govavinsky's the ring where they managed to turn around the curse and things like that and that's what you're Mm -hmm. thinking about especially then which would have been the ring would have been more kind of in people's minds yeah you're expecting that kind of a redemption or resolution positively sure but like it's called Drag Me to Hell. I think you'd be disappointed <laughs> if someone didn't get dragged to hell. So, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 lo- I love it. And I know that the inspiration there came from um, this M.R. James uh, book mm-hmm. uh, called Casting the Runes. Um, okay. uh, it's an M.R. James story, which kind of inspired the, the British horror film Night of the Demons. Right, Night okay. of the Demon, in fact, sorry, mm-hmm. Night of the Demon, uh, which is kind of has a similar thing about uh, a curse, and after a few days, then you'll get dragged to hell, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of like a classic morality tale. Yeah. Um, with this woman who just, you know, she's been good to her her whole life, but this is the first time she wants to actually do something that might help her progress in her in her job because she's been passed up for promotions and stuff, and then she's been punished for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's um, it was again as I said, I really loved it this time. And if anyone, so we'll wrap up on Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. If anyone does watch it, it's on BBC iPlayer just now. So oh, nice, nice. Available. That's where I found it. So yeah, cool. Um, and it's ninety minutes. It's yeah. Halloween time, the month of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a perfect movie to kind of watch with that. And then for people who have been living under a rock and don't know Sam Raimi, yeah, you can then go can check out his other stuff um one i've always been meaning to check out which we're not going to talk about tonight is dark man but we'll maybe go on to other Raimi stuff at the end yeah that was too e- that dark man's too easy to talk about it, it's, it's it's having a resurgence yeah no, as, no yeah. one talks about this next one we're going to talk about absolutely no one talks about it <laughs> i funnily enough you say that i was speaking to a friend of mine and what yeah. today he mm-hmm. is not a Sam Raimi fan. He doesn't okay. play. He's just he's not a horror fan. So first off, he doesn't okay. really like 
He's not a massive fan of the Spider-Man movies as well. I think he's just you can give or take some directors. Essentially, okay. you can personal opinion for him. He's just not a massive fan. But then yeah. I told him that this was written by the Coens, and he mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I need to check that out then." This is okay. <laughs> if you don't like Sam Raimi's director, oh, but it's the Coens have wrote it. So, yeah, 1985's Crime Wave. was just another quiet night in America. Young men were courting young women. Businessmen were working late in the office. And two ordinary rat exterminators were planning a cozy little evening of murder. He's tough. He fights dirty. And he's the nice one. Ratman. What can you say about a guy who rearranges human molecules just for the fun of it? By day, they're obnoxious. By night, they're a crime wave. Only one man can stop them. He was shy. Would you like to have some lunch some evening? He was awkward. Oh, yeah? He was an unfashionable wimp. (gasps) But when two vicious madmen took the woman he loved, he turned from a meek security guard You're under citizen's arrest, fella! to the crusher of a crime wave! Now, he's an army of one! Eat guardrail, fatso! The crime of a century, the romance of a decade, the comedy of the year, the adventure of the minute, the surprise of the second, the movie of the millennium, and the time of your life. Crime wave! Because, after all, what else is there to do on a Saturday night? Some night, huh? It couldn't possibly have been worse. This is a strange, strange movie. <laughs> like, yeah. And it feels like an amalgamation of these two creatives, or three creatives. Um, how? Yeah. Did, like, he'd never even heard of it. As I said, a, a guy who's a, a big, a big Coen Brothers fan, I'd never heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it is... I've loved it. It was so fun. And yeah, it's... it's an interesting one. Well, like, the reason why people, I think, haven't heard of it is because it's not a horror movie. And Sam Raimi, especially in the early days, is known for his horror films. And it came yeah. in between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. And I think if it, I personally think if it, if it wasn't for Crime Wave, we wouldn't have Evil Dead 2. Because okay. he made Evil Dead 2 as a response to getting loads and loads of stick for crime wave okay because uh, obviously he got lauded as the the, the next best thing after evil dead mm-hmm. so he thought okay let me let me do my like, i love film noir i love like slapstick i love like this this kind of tone let, let me make crime wave and it did not it did not gel with anyone not mm-hmm. the cast the crew the audience the critics Everyone hated it, including Sam Raimi, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so so in in response to 
the reaction of this film, which I think there are good bits in it, mm-hmm. especially from Sam from Sam Raimi's directing point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was just like, oh, shit, I, I need a hit. I need a hit quickly. So, of course, what do you do? You go back to the thing that made your name and you do Evil Dead 2, which mm-hmm. is his kind of almost semi-remake of, of Evil Dead 1 then. And yeah. Evil Dead 2 was a massive hit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think of Crime Wave? I really enjoyed it. Like, I... For me, the cones, I can give or take them quite a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. like Things like um, Hail Caesar and uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Lows the Cones as well, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't really like them. But I love Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I love yeah. No Country for Old Men. Um, we actually done an episode, one of the first things, maybe episode three, we got a journalist up here, Kieran Devlin, yep. uh, discussing the cones. And we done uh, Miller's Crossing as well mm-hmm. and Raising Arizona and things like that. So... It felt very along Raising Arizona lines with that wacky kind of crime caper comedy. Mm-hmm. So it, just the, the the how heightened the characters are, like everything's dialed up to not even 11, it's 20, 25 they're all up to. Yeah. Um, you've got Bruce Campbell playing, is he called, it gets called a heel all the time. I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming it means an asshole because he's yeah. a massive asshole in it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just, it felt like such a, a, a good point. Is it set in the 50s? I mean, it seems yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah you know, the 50s, that kind of vibe. And yeah, that, that kind of slapstick style. There's a scene where a guy gets thrown out of a, got like a fourth or fifth story window, yep. survives to only stand up and get hit by a car. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's so it's, good. I really had such a, lot, a good time with it. Like, a lot more than I was expecting when I kind of started watching it. Yeah, it's, it's like a mix of those film noir conventions, but with Sam Raimi's slapstick humour and kind of, uh, you know, real dark comedy mm-hmm. um but i i just think the direct i mean the t- tone is kind of all over the place but the i think sam raimi's directing has a lot of style mm-hmm. i think it's very stylish there's one like long take where it just follows it just goes down a street and you just see like lightning striking things mm-hmm. and um you just see this really really cool set yeah. Um, and just things are happening all, all over the place. Really, really good. Um, yeah. And he's he's doing this. He has the same Sam Raimi uh, flourishes he, you see in all of his other films, the, the Dutch tilts and the the kind of spins and the characters and the zooms. And, mm-hmm. um, he loves yeah. a close-up, like a zoom close-up on eyes. <laughs> like, yeah, classic. Massive. massive. So what's a, I'm going totally lame in here. What's a Dutch tilt? Oh, it's just when you um, the the camera's just 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 tilted, okay. usually usually from slightly below, um, mm-hmm. and that's just to convey that either the character is uh, something's up with this scene, either okay. the situation or the character itself is is not exactly straight down the line. Is something mm-hmm. there's something up with it? Yeah, like they're um, they're morally wonky. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I don't know. So. Um, yeah, that's what it, it should be used sparingly, but Sam Raimi mm. actually does it all the time. Mm. Um, I guess because the characters in Sam Raimi films are, are morally wonky quite a lot of the times. <laughs> so you see it a lot in, in Army of Darkness and in, in Evil Dead, mm. and you'll, you'll you'll see a lot in, in um, Doctor Strange 2 as well. I saw yeah. a bunch of that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm. 
It definitely feels that this is Bruce Campbell at his most Bruce Campbellish. He's not in it a huge amount. Even yeah. maybe maybe not. So I've not seen a lot of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, mm-hmm. but he is hamming it up in this fantastically. It's it's funny because you know um, the studio didn't want because obviously Sam wanted Bruce Campbell for the lead in in, in Crime Wave, but the studio was just like, no, we need to get somebody else. They just okay. didn't like his style of acting because Bruce Campbell's style of acting is uh, a certain way, <laughs> and. Um, so instead, what they did is, uh, and this is just me just, just reading about the film, mm-hmm. what they did is they uh, made one of the side characters have a little bit more to do and, and basically wrote up Bruce Campbell's part so he played a, a much bigger role than, than there was before. So, yeah, um, yeah he's, he's not the lead, but he, is, he does get some screen time. Yeah, he's certainly a scene stealer when he's on. Yeah, and he, I think he's the best thing about it, to be honest. I think he... Mm-hmm. I think, I think just Sam and Bruce Campbell go together so well. He just, he's just perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they clearly know how each other work, which is obviously going to gel, gel well, if yeah. that's the right word. Um, so the you've got Remy as a director, and as you said, he has a, a very particular style and he's got a certain eye for certain camera angles. And as I said, like, I'm quite rubbish at describing how directors work, but I know what I want to try and say. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, he has his own style. Then you have the Coens, who, especially at this era, this would have been two years before Raising Arizona, I think. Would have been 87, yes. Raising Arizona. Yes, yes, um, yes. The year I was born, good year. Um, mm-hmm. And this is like a, it, it feels like it's a perfect match. Obviously, this movie didn't do well. I had to look at the the box office said it made five thousand dollars. I don't know if that's accurate. It was on. Uh, I wouldn't Wikipedia. be surprised. I wouldn't be it's surprised. I think the budget was three million, and the box office was five million dollars. Yeah, but it seems for their type of filmmaking and style that it would have been a hit and a match made in heaven. For me, the movie mm. works. Do yeah. you feel that they they, they complement each other well? Because the Coens are great writers. As much as me, sometimes not being a fan of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I, they're obviously fantastic at what they do. Like they're not going to worry about my criticism. But um, yeah, I mean they've, they've collaborated a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil Dead uh, and also um, Hard Sucker Proxy that they did, mm-hmm. um, which Bruce Campbell is also in. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess they share the same sensibilities and uh, the same kind of uh, you know just just run up your sleeves and do it kind of attitude mm-hmm. um, so I think they complement each other immensely but this wasn't the, the film I, I do think again this is the film that in my opinion made Sam do Evil Dead 2 but also made the Coens go oh okay we can't rely on someone else to direct our writing let's do it ourselves Okay, right. so I personally think if it wasn't for Crime Wave, we might not have had the Coens being so up for directing things themselves. They they may have just been writers writing for Sam or the other people. Really? Um, cool. So yeah, so this film is important in the uh, huge <laughs> in the history of 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 movies because potentially we wouldn't have had a, a if this was a successful film, we might not have had a lot of the the great films we've had in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. thirty years. Anyway. Oh, that's scary to think as well. <laughs> 40 yeah. years. <laughs> oh, no, because that would have been before. Yeah. That's <laughs> me just going too far. Sam Raimi have that kind of, they've got that darkness in them that they also kind of offset with humour. Yeah. Like, even in Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing mm-hmm. is quite a serious movie, generally, but there's 
there's tinges of humour in it. Yeah. Um, and they seem so well, well kind of entwined together to make that type of movie. If they work again together, I think the Coens still, I think they've actually split off from each other now, haven't they? Did one of them do yeah. Macbeth for A24? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think they work better to, to, together, mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, they're just, they're just, great filmmaker i'd love to them to i'd love to see them do a superhero movie because you know i, I just i just think it's i would just i would love to see what they do with the character um yeah. But, but yeah i mean I, I i'd love to see them work with sam again as well like yeah um yeah and, and you know you ne- never say never <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud for anything if you've yeah. heard anything. No, no, no. I no. told you, come on. <laughs> no, no, I'll ask him actually. I will ask Aye. him. Aye. Yeah, I think you definitely would be, it'd be cool to see them working together. Yeah. Um, I said, I was, I don't think Buster Scruggs had the best kind of fan base for it. I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they also have that kind of horror element in the. The, the carriage ride section of Buster yes. Scruggs. Yeah, like yeah, to see yeah. them do something full-on full on horror, I yeah. think would be quite cool. Even the elements of uh, No Country for Old Men, like there's horror elements in That's that. That's almost a horror film, yeah. Yeah, in some slasher, parts. Slasher-ish, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, uh, Crime Wave. And as you're saying as well, you're talking about obviously uh, Sam with going from um, Evil Dead, done Crime Wave and then went to Evil Dead 2. There's quite a um, there's another episode I'm going to do soon on Kevin Smith. Yeah, and he did something similar, really. Didn't he? Didn't return to a, um, a obviously he does his work with it kind of in universe, but he done Clerks and got all the recognition for that. So then he made Mallrats, which got absolutely mm-hmm. panned, which is totally unfair because I love Mallrats. It's just, it's a great film. Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> so he went back more to the sentimental side, which is Amy, and it's that kind of they get that sting and go right. Well, what can I do that will get maybe not looking for the recognition, but certainly no. I think he did. I, I think right. that, <laughs> you know, I think Kevin Smith was 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 kind of chasing another mainstream hit. But I actually like the stuff he's he's done where he's been a little bit more cult. Mm. Um, Red I'm State, actually, Red State's brilliant, and I, mm. I actually love Tusk. Uh, okay. I really like Tusk, and mm. he announced that there's going to be a sequel to Tusk called Tusks as well. Right. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and I even liked Yoga Hoses. I thought I thought it was funny. No, still not um, Yoga. What, what else? I haven't seen. Um, I haven't. What's, what's the last one he did? Oh, the Clerks Three. I haven't seen that yet, but neither I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I think we had like three showings of that in Glasgow, and it didn't fit with me getting to it, but. For yeah. putting the, the wind down to bed. So I've heard again listening to um I'm gonna be speaking to Mark Woodyet from Mark and Me podcast and mm-hmm. he interviewed uh Jeff oh Jeff not Jeff Randall. Dante and Randall. Anyway. Oh, okay, um cool. and he had an interview with them and he said it's his film of the year. He's a massive Kevin Smith fan. So okay. <laughs> but um he says it's an absolute gut punch as well. He gets emotion kind of spot on, which is one of the good things that sometimes Yeah, Kevin Smith's good at that. Yeah. We should have had Dogma too though. <laughs> yeah, and like it's hard to watch Dogma. Like I've got it on VHS, so I w- I can watch it all the time, but mm. um it's uh yeah, it's a great movie. That just isn't on any streaming platform, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll call it that with Crime Wave, um, a movie that I was totally unaware of, but I had a good enough time with it. Again, it's yeah. 80 minutes. Anything under 90 minutes. Yeah, is a win. Magic. 
Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think you, I think you have to just watch that, just so you can see where Coen Brothers and Sam Raimi kind of were at that time of their life mm-hmm. and where they are now. It's it's incredible the, the difference. I, I I would say Crime Wave just overall is a little bit of a mess, and I don't think anyone would deny that who was involved. But there was enough there to to let you know how these these people are good filmmakers or mm-hmm. um, they just need the right material. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Right. yeah it, was a, it was a good time. Um, the last movie is, feels quite strange for a, for what we've got for our Raimi's back catalogue. Yeah. I mean, it was great. This, is, this was another yeah. first time watch for me, actually. I'd never really? seen it. Really? You've yeah. not seen it? Oh, man. Uh, no, I feel bad. <laughs> um, Star-studded. Star-studded. It, it is incredible, and it is the quick and the dead. This is my town! I'm in charge of everything! I decide who lives or who dies! In a town called Redemption. A winner-take-all sudden-death contest is about to take place. I now declare the quick draw competition open! But now, there's a new face in town. You're pretty. You're not. The kind of woman who knows that the fastest way to a man's heart... Is a Colt 45. Sign me up. Sure must want to die young, miss. At my name to the list. Gentlemen, please remember, you must not draw until that clock makes the first chime of the hour. The quick and the dead. Are you prepared to go? All the way. It's the film that's mocking the critics dead. The year's wildest ride, Sharon Stone will blow you away. Some people deserve to die. Tons of action and lots of fun. You want to play poker with me, little lady? It's like you're having a pretty good time playing with yourself. Starring Sharon Stone, Oscar winner Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio, Gary Sinise, and Lance Hendrickson. Directed by Sam Raimi of Darkman and Army of Darkness. I came here to kill Herod, and that's what I'm going to do. Some came for the glory. It takes a lot to scare me. I love the sensation. Some came for the money. You even see me? I was so damn fast. She came for revenge. Who are you? I'm gonna kill you if I have to ride all the way to hell to do it. The quick and the dead. You're either one or the other. Yeah. Um, 1995 uh, western. Um, what is your kind of relationship with this movie? This is just, I mean, I'll go, I'll say it straight off. It was incredible, but yeah, what's your kind of- I watched it. I watched this in the cinema, and and of course, the only reason I went to watch it because at the time I didn't like westerns. It's hard for for us living in the UK to appreciate westerns, but mm-hmm. if you remember, like the early to mid nineties, there was a renaissance of westerns like yeah. we got um unforgiven wire Earp, tombstone these uh these uh big kind of sweeping westerns and then my favorite director sam raimi was, came out with one so that's what got me into westerns the quick in the dead yeah. i watched in the cinema and i'd never really liked westerns before and then just seeing this cast of just amazing characters just with Sam Raimi's like style and flourishing, it it just made me love the world. This is such a great introduction to westerns as well, because mm-hmm. you have the quintessential town mayor in Gene Hackman yeah. up against this myriad of 
ultra cool characters Sharon Stone, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lance Henriksen. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I was surprised about it. The, the, the general conceit for it is quite straightforward. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Stone's back for revenge on Gene Hackman's mayor. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a tournament where they win $123,000 if they basically live. Um, through a series of standoffs, yeah. um, which I've looked at a, an inflation calculator. It's three and a half million pounds, which is quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just for shooting people. It's <laughs> a lot of money. That is a lot of money. It was I tried to work that out. I yeah. I tried to work that out. But I mean, you need something that big to get people from all over the country yeah. to come to this like little town. Mm-hmm. Called Redemption, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's got great characters in it. And he said that the cast is incredible: Russell Crowe, DiCaprio, yeah. which was pre-Titanic, so he hadn't really yeah. fully blown up. Um, Pre-Titanic, but post-Critters Three, which is the important one. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he always goes back to. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes, Sean Stone, Russell Crowe, Gene Hackman, uh, Lance Henriksen. Um, Oh god, what's his name? Uh, let me find him. Uh, Keith, Keith, Keith David, Keith David, Kevin Conway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just an incredible cast, and mm-hmm. I think it was quite. Again, I'm not a Western fan, as you said. Maybe you've, you've, you've kind of come to love them more since having seen this. Yeah. Um. So I've not watched a lot, but it certainly seems that there wouldn't have been many westerns that would have been made with a female cowboy as if you if you want to put it that way as the lead um yeah. like in you know, a long blonde hair mm-hmm. beautiful woman as the lead kind of protagonist and it. it seemed like it was quite maybe even for the 90s quite forward thinking yeah and i i think i mean this got made because because sharon stone read it and she co-produced it as well and she okay. wanted a nice juicy role that was against type because you know up until then she had just done sexy thrillers basically. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean after after her like Total Recall stuff, she just and after uh, Basic Instinct, she just played that kind of sexy stereotypical mm-hmm. '90s sex thriller type uh, vixen. And uh, this is something different. This is where she is a strong revenge seeking gunslinger mm-hmm. and. I think I think she outshines everyone in. I know she's the lead, but I yeah. think she outshines absolutely everyone in this, including Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. who is incredible as well. But I think just her her uh, control and the the reveal of like how of why she's doing this is just mm-hmm. it's just really good. Like, yeah. a, and I, lo- I love Sharon Stone. Um, mm-hmm. I just think everyone's amazing, and just Russell Crowe. Yeah. And like he just, I think he'd just done Romper Stumper before this. Okay. Um, so he was he was brand new to the game, and obviously uh, DiCaprio was very new to the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's um, it's got Gary Sinise, isn't it, playing her dad yeah, as well? Dad, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good, and just the, the <laughs> visual flair that Sam brings to this. Mm-hmm. He just he just he just makes it interesting to the to, to non Western uh, lovers. Definitely, yeah. That's why I was taken by it because I maybe and it's again it's a blind spot for me. I have many of them. Um, mm-hmm. Westerns are just never something that I've actively seeked out or like the Once Upon a Time, a million ways to die in the West. Sorry, I think it's the last one I watched. Yeah, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, they're really something I don't I don't go for at all. Yeah, but yeah, his um, kind of 
style of filmmaking. Like again, it's the, the close up zoom in in the eyes, looking at the clock tower, looking back down to the hand, which is yeah. kind of synonymous with westerns with the twitching fingers. But he brings such a snappiness to it that it yeah. drags you in and it holds you a wee bit more than I find the, the old traditional westerns do. And yeah, it's very Sergio Leone and mm-hmm. spaghetti westerns, but it's also, it, it leans really heavily into what Sam does as well. Um, and you, you see a lot, lot of like these Dutch tilts and a yeah. lot of like crash zooms and crash it's zoom incredible. outs as, uh, as well. Love it. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's... it's um, We've spoke about the cast, as you said, Sharon Stone is incredible in it. And I think just under her, for me, it was Leo, Leo DiCaprio. Just this kid. cocksure wee kid, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's never really fully explained his backstory, but essentially he says he's Gene Hackman's son. But then mm-hmm. after Gene Hackman's killed him, he says he wasn't my son, he was a farmhand or something, doesn't he? He said he was, it was never proven he was my son. Aye. Um, it obviously was, dick in it, so. yeah, obviously <laughs> was, was his son, but I mean, because how else is a kid running this gun shop as well? It's just like he must have a little bit of money. Yeah, and he wouldn't get uh, a farmhand. Yeah, exactly. And he's naturally a good gun gun uh, slinger as well. Mm. Uh, he is great in it, just this, this cocksure, just like kid who sleeps with Sharon Stone, funnily enough. That's <laughs> a, I, I forgot about that, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. Mm. I wonder if you could do that now, because he's young in it. Mm. Um, but but yeah, just the idea of all these people have got got together for this tournament, and uh, yeah, and Gene Hackman's the mayor of this of this town, and he's corrupt, and mm. he'll, he's cheating essentially. And then she's come there, and you find out to get revenge on Gene Hackman for mm-hmm. killing her family like years ago. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. It comes to just a brilliant finale. Um, yeah. So you think that she's been killed? Well, we know that she's not because she kind of lifts her hand, doesn't she? And it shows that it's just like a bit of red dye or something yeah. she's put on her chest. Yeah. I think she's been killed by Russell Crowe's kind of born again pastor that mm-hmm. he plays, but he's also just started killing people again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it leads to a finale which gets little explanation, which I think is great about it, where all the buildings just blow up. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that. Like, what? There's just that just happens, and you kind of go, okay, that's fine. Well, I guess that. I guess that was her way of distracting, yeah, um, Gene Hackman. But it was funny, like it's it's just a coincidence that all that gunpowder was just sitting there, and she was having the conversation with the guy. Um, yeah, if it was made nowadays. You would see her going round and sorting the bits to blow up and putting Maybe, you, yeah. you would see hands doing it, you wouldn't necessarily see it was her if you're meant to think she's dead and yeah. you'd see it would be, there'd be an extra 15 minutes on in the movie and she'd be putting gunpowder in certain corners and putting yeah. timers on and dynamite sticks and all that, but it just, no she just turned, the, everything blows up, she turns up, shoots Gene Hackman in the chest, through the heart, which and then the shot after that, the shadow with the hole in it, Yeah, with the, with the light going through oh. Yeah, I mean, that is all that is almost a um, an allusion to the start as well, where where you you see her shoot that guy, and you see the light shining through her her hat, mm-hmm. um, because obviously, and I actually just I just realised that's her dad's hat, right, the one who died, because she shot him in oh. the head. Is that is that her dad's hat, or is it a well, coincidence he, that she has a? He doesn't have a hat on when he's getting hung. I can't remember. Oh, uh, okay. No, he gets oh, so she's she, a marshal, and then she gets yeah. told to, if you can shoot down the rope. 
you can eat your dad yeah. alive and she shoots him in the head. Yeah. A 10 year old or whatever. She oh, was man. Tragic tra- backstory. So I wonder why, how she got that hole in her hat then from the start. But anyway, yeah, it, they do yeah. that shot at the start as well. So it's mm. nice mirroring. Yeah, it's uh, a cracking shot. And, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, she blows a hole in his head as well. And a bit yeah. of eye trauma <laughs> from Sam Raimi, who just love loves, a, loves a, like an eye gouge, an eye shot, or a, even yeah. a Magnet like Hell, a fork through an eye. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a bullet bullet's point of view through the air into the eye, and then he does a somersault. Classic, <laughs> yeah. classic Raimi move. When you hit someone, even slightly, they do a somersault backwards and fall on the floor. <laughs> well, he gets hit in the eye, and I'm pretty sure his feet go back first, and he goes that way. It doesn't. He doesn't do it possibly. Yeah. He gets shot in the head, which we think would make his head go back. But it's his feet come up from under him. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Oh, it was a great, great finale. And then she just walks away, and that's it. And that's, that's yeah. something that doesn't. That from especially from uh, Drag Me to Hell and um, the Quick and the Dead, mm-hmm. the big finale happens, and then that's it. Like in Drag Me to Hell, uh, Christine dies, gets pulled into hell, cuts to Justin Long. Oh, that's it. I'm done now. Movie's yeah. done. Out you go. Quick in the dead. Kills a bad guy. Walks off. Movie's done. And that's great. Like sometimes there's got to be an epilogue. It doesn't always need to be an epilogue. It should could just be there. You go. That's you done. That's you. That's your your supper. Yeah, I mean it's that's all you need to know really. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's got her revenge, and it's yeah. uh, one of those things. But um, yeah. I the the this was shot by because I think the film looks beautiful, just really well shot. But by, by the same guy that did Last of the Mohicans, okay. so um, yeah, you just just this this town looks accurate, looks authentic, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, you don't need you just need a street really, or, um, <laughs> but like it's just great. It's yeah, it's one of my favorites, and I, I I love like showing it to people for the first time because. They don't realise that this film exists. This film that's really, really cool, but mm-hmm. amazing action scenes still exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, as I said, I'd, I had heard of it, but I just never watched it. And out of the three, I think it's genuinely my favourite. Like I've got a new yeah. appreciation for Drag Me to Hell. Uh-huh. But I'll definitely be going back to to Quick in the Dead. It was fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, um, that. So thank you for introducing me to that and even a crime wave yeah. as well to be fair it was interesting yeah. in its in its own way um as batshit as it was um yeah. so in terms of other Raimi we've kind of spoke about him is there any other ones you would say maybe aside from the evil dead um that are essential to for people who want to want to watch his movies oh the, i mean i mean this besides the evil dead ones yeah i mean mm. there there's a lot i mean obviously dark man is is a favorite of mine and mm. everyone loves dark man now yeah. um and even the, the dark man sequels which he didn't direct but he i know he produced or ep okay. some of them um I, I like some of the other non-horror ones as well like a simple plan if you've mm-hmm. seen that that's I'm almost cohen-esque um a simple plan's really really good um i like spider-man one and two as well um yeah. very much so spider-man one two just mm-hmm. uh brilliant um i'm i also, also like Oz the great and powerful i think mm-hmm. it's i think it's a good film i know it probably didn't yeah. do as well as people expected but Oz the great and powerful is, is, mm-hmm. is a good movie is that his um, last one before doctor strange yeah 
And it, it made like half a billion at the box office. I know the the budget was like two hundred million, but um, yeah, I think I think it, it did pretty well. Um, I just love the Wizard of Oz like story, and yeah, mm-hmm. obviously Doctor Strange too. The, the the stuff that he's produced uh, can be a little bit hit and miss, okay. uh, but like his two production companies, Raimi Productions and Ghost House, are really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Don't Breathe movies, obviously, I love uh, the first one. Yeah. yeah, and Don't Breathe Two uh, is also very good. I've not seen it. Yet. Yeah, he produced Thirty Days of Night. And oh, yeah, that's a great movie. Exactly, and the remake, and the remake <laughs> of The Grudge uh, mm-hmm. with Sarah, um, uh, Michelle Geller. Geller. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's he, he's done a lot. He's, mm. he's done a lot out there. Yeah. So um, hopefully he just keeps going forever. Of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can tag you along for the ride now as well. It's sorted. Exactly. You can't say what it is, but <laughs> yeah, we'll find out eventually. Yeah, one day. Uh, one day. Um, so, yeah, you've mentioned, we spoke a wee bit earlier on about ghosts. Um, yeah. You've got that coming when, when it's finished, really. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple of other writing things. Is there anything you're able to talk about that you, else, that you have coming up? Um... I can't really. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't. Um, NDAs <laughs> Let me think what's announced. So I guess a little while ago it was announced that, yeah, me and Rob are doing something with Sam Raimi. Yeah. Um, Get some Blumhouse things as well, have you? Yeah, we've got two more Blumhouse movies to do. Studio Canal. Um, we've got a Studio Canal movie. Yeah, that's a woman in prison movie, which is awesome. Cool. Um, what else? <laughs> uh, host two. I'm only joking. Oh, no, no. I'm joking. No, there's never going to be. A have, you, have you been approached about anything like that before? A host two. I think like a week after host came out, everyone really? wants no. us to do host two. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, um, that was perfect, and it's it's kind of fifty minute yeah. thing, and then you need to. It would be something along the lines of like a paranormal activity too, where you bring back one of the girls for the first one, and uh, yeah. I mean, I I. I I got an idea for it, but okay, like okay. M- maybe that maybe I'll do that for a separate movie, not not linked to the host universe. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's it, really. Cool. It's keeping me busy. I'm I'm involved mm. with this with some an- anthologies. This anthology that's coming out or being filmed next year. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I'm I'm a producer on a bunch of things as well. So cool. Is this um, gift package too, which was at Freight Fest? Oh you, yeah. That, Yes, I, I I did a segment of Scare Package Two called Special Edition, um, mm. which uh, will be on a streaming platform maybe by the end of the year. I I, I don't actually course. know, yeah. no idea. But uh, yeah, my 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 section features the ladies from Host, cool. uh, of course. Uh-huh. My 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 one my one trick that I always do. <laughs> um, That's yeah, a bit of cast there. You might as well use them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and then, and then my, they're my my mates anyway. So you know, I'll if I'm making something, and I can put them in. I, I definitely will try. Yeah, definitely. You're not working with Rob on is it the Boogeyman? Uh, not I'm not working on that. That's one of these ones you were saying that it's he's working he, kind of separately. Yeah, he's doing that. Um, I can't wait to watch that. I mm. think it's changed his name to Night Terror now. All right, I think okay. it's oh. I think it's called Night Terror, uh, but I can't wait to watch it. I, th- yeah, I think it's going to be King. yeah, it's a Stephen King short story, isn't it? So like, can't go wrong, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and I want to get into like some. I've got some potential TV stuff coming as well, okay. um, and I'm trying to set up my own production company. That's another mm-hmm. thing I'm I'm trying to do in the next few months. So, right. yeah, look forward to that. It's a lot happening. Um, no, busy man. See, that lockdown was great. <laughs> it, it was, uh, yeah, it was productive. I, yeah. I made the best of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whereas I just worked and kind of phoned in McDonald's when it reopened. That was. I still did that. Cool. I still did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so one thing last time I was going to ask you about dashcam. Yeah. And it was the married pregnant couple. Are they referenced in host? Um, so the married pregnant couple is Teddy and Caroline. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I mean, there. Are, I mean, if you watch Dashcam again cl- closely, there are a lot of host references. callbacks, references, and stuff. Yeah, it's in the scroll, isn't it? There's one been the one. This is like what happened to those girls last year. I've seen that. There, there's there's that. that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, and obviously, Salen is playing Salen. She's she's not playing. Ah. She's not. So that that that's the big the big uh, tie in. So that's the same character from Host, the 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 creepy Scottish woman. <laughs> I believe so. I believe yeah, so. But cool. it's up to other people to work out yeah. the timelines and how everything works. But yeah, um, nice. yeah. Right. So they just sit down with a chat now and end up like the guy Greg. Uh, Greg. Uh, oh God, what's his name from? Um, Always sunny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, some someone should do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm on strike next week. I've got a spare day, so I can maybe do nice. that. <laughs> oh yeah, and like when you see ghosts as well, there's I t- I tie things into that, and cool. from just yeah, just working with these with these um, amazing ladies, mm-hmm. like all everything like feeds into each other. So you know, yeah. there's there's going to be like callbacks and little hints at other things. Yeah, um, built in yeah. universities. That's what you want. That's where mm-hmm. it's yep. It's always good because everyone looks for these type of things. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a lot there's a lot of in between special edition the part of scare package two. There's a lot in that that will play into ghosts as well. That okay. I've yeah. So it's another reason to watch that because mm-hmm. there's things that happen in that that uh, directly kind of are in ghosts. Mm-hmm. And was it? Um, Arrow, did Arrow release a host on Blu-ray? Was it Arrow or was it Criterion or Second Sight? I can't remember exactly. Second Sight did the amazing host uh, Blu-ray, right. yeah. Hopefully they do a, a, re, a reissue because I missed out on it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is beautiful. Though. But, mm. I mean, it was released on, like, standard uh, DVD as well by some other company. I'm not sure who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I've, I think I've only got it on – I've only got host on, on that Second Sight. Uh, thing, yeah, yeah. I'll need but, to keep yeah. an eye out if they do a do a reissue, and I'll need to pick it up uh, because it was I'm one sure of my favourites. It's one of my favourites. Oh, I love found footage, and it was fantastic. Okay, sorry, I keep going back to it, but it is, no, it's it's fine. No, it's weird. <laughs> t- t- today, Stephen King's son Joe Hill uh, tweeted about hosts saying it's how incredible it is. Mm. And it's just like wow. I've, I like. I sometimes forget like how much of an impact hosts had, and then mm. you got Stephen King's son just like tweeting about it today. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. And I always just watch it on my laptop as well. Now watching the big tail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the best way. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way. <laughs> so, um, Jed, thanks very much for coming on. This has been a great chat, and you've introduced me to a couple of movies which I'd never seen before, and that's one of my favourite things about cool doing these kind of director episodes that have done parts yeah. and work and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of movies and didn't probably wouldn't have before, um, especially good, Crime good. Wave. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But it's been great. Um, I said I look forward to everything that you've got coming up next because your work so far has been fantastic. Um, the last part I ask is a song to play out on, and it can be a bit of music, a piece of a score, or a bit of a, just a basic soundtrack from any movie. Doesn't need to be the ones we have had today. Yeah, well, I think um, again, my my favourite movie of all times, Night of the Comet, and one of the in, integral pieces of music in that is Girls Just Want to Have Fun. But it's not the the Cindy Lauper version in the film. Mm-hmm. But I think to play out, you should definitely play the original. So, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper um, to give a nod to Night of the Comet, my favourite movie. Perfect. Um, I said, Jed, we can find you on Twitter at Jed Shepherd. Is that right? Yeah, at, at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D mm-hmm. on Twitter, Instagram. That's it for now. I'm going to set up my website at some point. All right, cool. <laughs> Hi. Um, the, you can find me at Nowhere Andy and the podcast Twitter is at Where Is Nowhere. And this is Cindy Lauper with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs>